everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker here at The Athletic, Jordan Bianchi, and we welcome you to our 2021 version of this podcast. So happy that you have decided to join us for another year here on the Teardown, and we are ready to roll through uh, every week now with podcasts um, for the foreseeable future. And so a little two-week break there over the holidays, uh, or one-week break, whatever it was. But we're back. Jordan, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Uh, I guess this is a season premiere, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, It was good. The holidays were, well, the holidays were what the holidays were. Um, But it's good to be back. I'm looking forward to talking racing with you. And I honestly, when the calendar turns to January, you know, to, to January, to me, it really starts to feel real that Daytona is right around the corner and that a new season is, is really kind of closing in. I tell you what, it's so, it's so weird for me, like always in this job, I guess it's, it's almost probably like a, a teacher with summer break, but you know, my life is sort of dictated by the NASCAR calendar and you know, we, we get into December and it's, it we're, you know, we're talking about the last season and it's, it's like, as soon as uh, the page turns um, it's time to talk about the next season when 2021 begins or, you know, you see the calendar turn. So, um, are, are you a new year's resolution type person? Are you all about the self-improvement? No, I'm not. Because I always feel like if you want to be a better, you want to improve yourself and be better, you shouldn't have to wait until January one or need that kind of motivation to do it. You should just want to do it all year round. Oh, well, I'm a big new year's resolution person, Jordan. So this hurts my feelings, (laughs) but, um, this year I actually, uh, most of my resolutions, you know, I, I turned 40 in, in September. So, uh, all the stuff that I kind of wanted to implement, I kind of did it, uh, mid year. So I, I'm just sort of continuing that. But, um, given that I am a, a big resolutions person, I, I thought we could come up with some resolutions for, uh, other people. And that is NASCAR specifically NASCAR, the sanctioning body, um, some resolutions that they could use for 2021 to improve. I mean, look, um, nobody's perfect, uh, including NASCAR. And you can always, you know, I think they, they had a good year and made some good decisions in 2020, but, um, you can always get better. So along that spirit, um, I thought we could, we could offer them some tips. What do you think? That sounds like a great idea. Let's get to it. All right. So, uh, I have four written down here and, um, I, I don't have these in any particular order of, of priority. But one um, I would I would like to see this year, you know, there's there's going to be seven road courses, um, at least points races. There's really going to be eight road courses if you count the clash. Um, now, last year there were supposed to be three, ended up being two. Most years we've followed NASCAR. There's been two. They've grown it to three. But I mean, now you go to eight essentially, um, and and again seven for points. So that's that's a lot of road races and. The road races are, are very popular and they've gotten pretty good over the years. But I think since the stages came along, they haven't been as good as what really led to their rise in popularity, which was the craziness and strategy, the crazy restarts, the unpredictability of it. You know, the teams can really sort of strategize um, and it just makes the the race sort of tamer uh, or sorry, it takes the strategy out of it, I guess. Um, with the strategy uh, for the team. So um, I I would like to see them eliminate the stage breaks. Now keep the stages because you've got to still award stage points during the race. But I would like to see NASCAR's first resolution 
to say, you know what, we're going to figure out a way to run these road courses without the cautions, without planned cautions, so that, um, you know, there's, it, it, it just injects a little bit of more unpredictability into these races. What do you think? It, it's an idea. I, I understand where you're coming from on that. It's an idea? That, <laughs> wow. It's an idea. <laughs> that, I just, that is factually correct. It is an idea. It's an idea. You, it's not an idea that you like. I just, I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, having having stage breaks at road courses does take away from the strategy element, which is a huge part of it. My question then is, this could also be applied to races at Pocono or the Indianapolis Oval. So where's the line and how you draw this? Because a race at Pocono is much the same way. It's a strategy race. It's a crew chief driven race where you, you it's about track position and fuel mileage and, and not pitting here and pitting here. So where do you draw the line on this? Is it just road courses? And I don't like the idea either of some races have planned cautions. Other races don't have planned cautions. I want uniformity across the board. It's the same reason, honestly, why the Coca-Cola 600 has got four stages and it drives me crazy. It's like that race is theoretically awards more points than any other race. And that shouldn't be the case. It drives me. It's just it's mind boggling to me. Well, you, you took uh, some teeth out of my um, retort there because I was going to say, well, what about the Coca-Cola 600, Jordan? That's not the same. Um, but you got me on that one. But uh, I was going to say, you know, you said, where's the line? Well, it, it's pretty simple. If, if you have to draw a squiggly line, then um, <laughs> that means that, you know, you don't have stage breaks. And if you draw a line where it just goes in a circle um, or a triangle, I guess, then you keep the stage breaks. It's not too hard. Uh, uh. You just say road courses have this. I mean, look. Uh, you, you want uniformity, but the rules package changes at certain tracks. I don't agree with that either. I'd like to see it across the board. Normal. What? Whoa. Okay. No, now we're just getting crazier. You're, you're saying you want to go back to the awful 2019 year where the short track package was the same as everybody else. And <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, if we're talking a perfect world, I, we, and I'm well documented. I am in the high horsepower, low downforce camp. So I would like to see that rules package across the board. Oh, I see. I, I see. I, but no, I mean it is what it is. To me, though, I mean, what happens if there's an oval, an oval, an oval track where it is very clear cut that having stage breaks detracts from the quality of racing, and that can be that is the case at Pocono, that is the case at Indianapolis before it went to a road course. So I just, I don't know. I mean, what what happens if they're just if, again, whether it's Pocono or somewhere else, it proves over and over again, man, stage breaks are just killing this racing here and we got to this is not what we want to see so why how do you yeah, defend because, it that because pocono racing before stage breaks was so compelling and interesting <laughs> the stage breaks really killed that one dang i would i would argue that the road courses now are still pretty good i mean you don't have maybe you don't have the crazy moments but i don't think the lack of crazy moments has anything to do actually i would no i take that back we had a heck of a race at, at uh roval many we've had what three races at the roval all of them have been pretty good the first one in 2018 was one of the wildest races we've ever seen. 2019 was pretty good, and they had stage breaks there. So I don't know if the stage breaks is stage breaks are really adding or detracting from what we're seeing at the road courses. Well, look, you do need restarts, and and like when we saw at the Daytona road course um, in over the summer, uh, you know that 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 was those guys were too good. Like it was they were sort of it was sort of tame, you know. Um, and it would be good to bunch them up again. But um, I just think strategy-wise is really, really where you that, – that's what really makes it unpredictable. You know, you have some guys, sure. you know, pit early and then a caution comes out and it, it flips the whole field. And I don't know. That's I would just like to see them try it 
How about just try it for half the road courses then? Sure. I, no, I, I, I understand the idea on it on the surface. Okay. What's your first resolution? So NASCAR in 2020, I thought they did a great job of being open-minded and being willing to adapt to the, to the environment and the situation brought about by COVID-19. We, we've talked about how they were willing to break away from the tried and true you know, this is how we've always done it. We can't do it any other way. And because of that, we saw a lot of different experimentation, whether it was midweek races, you know, getting rid of practice and qualifying, um, whether it was limiting team roster sizes, just all sorts of different things that really people have kind of kicked around on the, you know, for the last few years. And it's always been, no, no, we can't do that because this is how we've always done it. What I want to see from NASCAR as a resolution in 2021 is to maintain that open-mindedness and being open to new ideas that come down and, and saying, you know what, yeah, this may be different than we've always done it, but we are going to continue to to explore and not be willing to take chances. Look at you, Jordan. I mean, starting 2021 off on such a lovely note there, you're uh, saying, NASCAR, keep doing what you're doing. And, and look, I mean, you've been called uh, the grumpy uncle of this podcast, uh, the Grinch around the holidays. And now here you are starting <laughs> off 2021 New me. on New a me. positive note saying, I like what you're doing, NASCAR. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, no, but I, I agree with you in terms of, um, you know, sort of the new NASCAR mentality. Uh, I would love to see that uh, keep going. You know, definitely don't don't regress. Um, you know, this is this is definitely not the NASCAR that I uh, came up with in terms of, um, being so rigid and, uh, strict. I mean, my first years in journalism, uh, covering the sport was just beating my head against the wall. A lot of stuff, you know, why don't they do this? Why don't they just change it? And it was just always, Oh, we can't do that. You know? And yeah. now, now they change, like you said. So, uh, definitely. I, I, I agree with you on that. Oh, well, that. uh, along, along those lines, uh, uh, I'll give one of my keep doing what you're doing pep talks there because I want to join you in the positivity department <laughs> and um, that is that to to remain transparent about the new car you know um, right now I think NASCAR is doing a really good job informing everybody about uh, what's going on at these tests with the new car with the uh, next gen car so what, what we get is um, you know obviously not all the, the tests are open most of them are closed so far uh, to the public and the media, which, you know, again, even if we were, I, I don't really know what we could tell or, you know, the fans, if they opened up and you saw a car going around by itself at Daytona or whatever, I mean, you're like, okay, you hear the sound, but I don't really know what, what we could really determine from, from any of that stuff. But anyway, um, but what, what NASCAR does after each one is they put out some pretty extensive quotes from John Probst, who is um, the exec in NASCAR, who is sort of leading this effort. And, um, you know, they, they've been pretty honest. I, I think, you know, you'll see quotes and he's like, hey, uh, we, we, we thought this was good um, on the road course version, you know, when they did the Charlotte test. But, you know, we're still looking for some other things and we want to see more um, on the oval version of this package uh, with, with the new car. And, and we're going to keep working that direction and you know, we struggled a little bit more than we wanted to there. Um, it's not them just coming out and saying, this is great. This is the best thing ever. And they might get to that point, you know, once it's really ramps up uh, to really build up the hype, but they're being honest about what they're doing with the process right now. And I, I respect that because, you know, 
I think you got to be realistic about it too. You don't want it, the expectations to be so sky high. And then it comes out and everybody's like, well, what's this? You know, I mean, say, look, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. It's something that we're going to be improving over time. This is not going to be the finished product. Even when it comes out, we're trying to do the best we can. I, I, I like that kind of candor and I hope that they keep that up. No, I agree with everything you said there. And I think it's been interesting to see this kind of uh, this process, you know, the Roval test, the the comments were very um, very positive that the car this new next gen car is very adaptability to turning left and right and it's going to be really put on a good product in the road courses and then two days later they tested on the oval at Charlotte and the reaction was less it was more tepid and I think you make a really good point in that if you're all sunshine and rainbows about this new car and how this is the greatest thing ever and you you really build it up no matter how great it is it may actually be it's people are going to have an expectation that it's just not going to be fulfilled. It's almost to your benefit if you're NASCAR to kind of downplay it and just say, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's good. There's definitely some things that we could be better. It's, you know, it's a work in progress. And then it kind of tampers the expectations and the hype a little bit. And then when the product comes out, there's probably a good contingent of fans are going to be like, Hey, wait a second. This actually isn't bad at all. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think that ultimately, and, and look, we're going to talk about this so many times this year. The, the new car, and uh, I don't even know if I should even keep talking about it, just because I, I, I feel like we're going to be a broken record by the end oh, of this, this year. Is, but yeah. look, I mean, the new car for me, it, it really does come down to what the impact is financially on the industry and changing the model that way. The racing part of it, I'm sure we'll, they'll work on it and it'll be something. But all cars, ultimately, I mean, it's not going to dramatically, I don't think, you know, completely change how NASCAR races in any way. I, I, I can't see that. Um, you know, the product is ultimately going to be the product. Um, you know, you go to Texas on a one and a half mile track, it's going to ultimately, I don't think it's going to be that different, but what it's going to do is, you know, allow these new teams to come in, things like that. So that's really what the new car represents for me. I'm, I'm not going to be as hung up. Uh, you know, the look of it I think is important, but I'm not going to be as hung up on, the actual, you know, how it drives, I guess. Does that make sense? No, I think it's fair. I think it's, there's, there's really, honestly, like you said, the product is the product and there's only so much you can do. I think a lot of the product base is based on the tracks and figuring out a way to kind of get rid of aero push and, and all of those things. And But they're not really going to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just can't. I mean, you, you, this, this is a very engineering driven sport and you kind of can't put the genie back in the bottle. So... It is what it is. And I think the product on the intermediate tracks has been much better. And the hope is that it continues to improve. And I think by eliminating, you know, some intermediate tracks and adding more road courses, more short track, another short track, maybe another one down the road, um, that will go a long way to actually make the on-track product better. And then it kind of, you know, you don't have the same redundancy on the schedule that we're so used to. So tell me your next New Year's resolution. Well, speaking of redundancy, um, the all-star race used to be something that was really special. You had double file restarts, you had stages, you had, you know, just all sorts of different elements that were unique to the all-star race and you didn't see anywhere else at any time during the year. That's no longer the case. Now every race has stages, every race has double file restarts, etc. I would like to see NASCAR in 2021 to resolve to find a format for the all-star race that is both exciting and differentiates itself from other points races on the schedule. I don't know what that format is, but I'd like to see something uh, 
implemented because I just, to me, the all-star race is just kind of one of those races. Now I look at it, it's like, well, this is no different than what we normally see. Well, but I mean, they have used it still to debut a couple things. I mean, normally you're right. I mean, it, it's been, you know, pretty blah. And this year's race wasn't, wasn't anything special, but wasn't, didn't they premiere the choose rule or test that? They did. They did. And that, 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 that's encouraging. That, that, that was a good thing. And I like to see that. Let's see. And more they tried a form of the rules package, uh, in 2018, maybe. Um, yes. and, um, you know, unfortunately that wasn't, you know, people liked it too much. Then they went with it. That was a bad day for me. Um, I, cause I was like, Oh no, if this goes well, they're going to try <laughs> to do this for every race. And then they, they did. And look what we have. Um, but I mean, at least they changed it back for the short track. So I'm, I'm better with that. But, um, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, my thing for the all-star race has always been eliminations. I know that they had those in the early two thousands in a form, mm-hmm. but I think what would be really cool is like somebody not even at the end of like a stage necessarily. Um, but you would have somebody like every 10 laps, um, just like drop off, like they have to pull off or something. Uh, maybe sure. you could do it at the end of segments and, and you'd sort of have an exciting race for sort of a transfer spot, so to speak. Um, but essentially you'd narrow the field down until you only have like four cars going for like a five lap shootout or three lap shootout or something like that. Um, maybe, maybe six cars, three rows. I don't know. Um, anyway, but I I think it'd be cool just, just like, like you're saying, have something completely different than every other race way out there and make it super watchable, go the other way on the track, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, it's just something different. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, that was the thing about the choose cone. While I, I'm I'm big fan of the proponent of the choose cone, once the race started though, I mean it really wasn't a factor, you know. So you just it then it quickly. Wasn't became, that the race though, but Fox didn't show They didn't do a good job of that, yeah. Yeah, they but, they showed the choose rule one time in the open and then they never showed it one time in the all star mm-hmm. race at all. Like they never showed, yeah. oh, this was the impact. Um anyway. Um so listen, uh Speaking of, I guess, the all-star race in Bristol last year, now it'll be in Texas, but um, I I would like to see a resolution for NASCAR to quickly dump the Bristol dirt race if it's a universal, like, flop. Now, I don't think that will be the case because I'm anticipating that, you know, there will be a bump in attendance probably. So, first of all, they'll look at that and they'll say, oh, you know, we got more people to come than the normal spring Bristol race. And I also think that there's a chance that sort of the wacky sideshow element of this um, could please some fans, just sort of like the the clash did last year, the total wreck fest. I thought it was sort of a clown show, ridiculous. Um, but, you know, some people liked that, like just chaos of it. Because I'm not thinking that it's going to be a very good race, obviously. I'm not a... Didn't, didn't like this move. Um, the Bristol dirt race or sorry, the Bristol spring race last year was the all time number one race in the, in the five years that it was a good race poll. And now they took that away. So listen, I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind, uh, once the race gets here and say, okay, look, I'm going to try to watch this with clear eyes and say, is if it's good, I'll say it's good. And I'll say I was wrong. But I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. And if it's not good, instead of trying to say, well, what if we do this next year? I, I wish they would just drop it, 
restore Bristol back to what it was and say, okay, that was an experiment that we tried. Uh, no, no harm in a one year experiment, I guess. And let's just go back to what it was before. That would be my resolution there. And I think it kind of relates to what I said at the beginning, which is if, if you're NASCAR and you're, you're going to continue to be open to new ideas and be willing to experiment, you're going to have misses. You're going to have things that just aren't good. And that's okay. It's okay to admit it. Hey, you know what? We tried this. We were open to it. We gave it a shot. It didn't work out. No harm, no foul. And I think that's that's really important mentality. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, I echo what you say. If the Bristol dirt race isn't good, then you, you should go back to what Bristol was, which was a great race. And that brings me to my next resolution. And my next resolu- resolution is if the Bristol dirt race proves unsuccessful and NASCAR says, hey, you know what? This didn't work out. We're going to go back to the, the spring Bristol race is going to be on the, on the pave track. Don't give up on dirt racing in the Cup Series. I think it can be successful. It has to be at the right track. I don't know if Bristol is that right track, but if Bristol is not that right track, Maybe you give Knoxville a shot. Maybe Eldora a shot. Just don't just do not do a across-the-board statement of, you know what, Cup Series cars can't be on dirt tracks. We're not doing this anymore. Because I don't think that's the case. I don't think that, I think it can happen. It can work. I don't, I don't totally disagree with you. I personally, you know, after listening to Kyle Larson and some other people talk, the, you know, stock cars are just too heavy to put on a good show for dirt. Um, and, you know, I just, I'm not thrilled with it, but I, I, I would go along with that, that, okay, you know, if Bristol doesn't work, give a real dirt track a shot first, you know, um, before just totally canning the idea. But I, I, I also am not, you know, somebody told me a few years ago, and this has really stuck with me that the cup series is the premier oval pavement series in the world, right? like the best of the best, the most elite, prestigious oval pavement series. Um, and I mean, really oval series, if even if you include dirt stuff. So why are you, why are you sort of putting a race in at the top level that weakens the product or the skill of your, your athletes, your stars, your, your, these are the best in the world at what they do put them on tracks that let them show that. I, I just don't think that dirt for stock cars does that from what I've seen so far. I've, you know, I haven't been to, you know, a zillion races. There haven't been that many, but, um, you know, just seeing like K and N on dirt, um, stuff like that. I mean, the truck races have been okay at Eldora the first year they were, but a lot of it is because, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Rather than that's an exceptional product of racing you know so there's there's room for that for sure but i just i don't know um so my last resolution here is is sort of twofold it's sort of either or i have an alternative um so first of all you know it's 2021 now the technology is clearly there in many ways around the world for many things that we talk about i would like to see the nascar rule book um put online for the public uh, to sink their teeth into because when there's a controversial call right now, you know, um, we sort of all start going through, we have, we have a NASCAR has a, an app for their rule book that industry members can use. And instead of the paper version, so we, we go through that, it gets updated with latest rules. They, they push weekly updates to it, things like that. 
Um, and the teams can see it, you know, the media can see it, stuff like that. Um, I'd love to see the fans get a crack at it. I don't know, you know, it's probably expensive and time consuming to sort of scale that up that way. Um, but you know, the, again, the technology should be there to do that. Now, if they don't want to put the rule book online, um, you know, completely, I, I just think it would allow pe- people to sink their teeth into it though. Like when you have a case, like for instance, the, the chase Elliott Martinsville pit call thing where the guy jumped over the wall too early, um, instead of us trying to, you know, ask NASCAR in the middle of a race for an answer, you know, you could have fans, you know, I, I see in every sport, there's fans out there who are even more knowledgeable about certain parts of the, the sport than some of the media members. And I mean, I, I'm not an expert on the rule book, but I could see if the rule book was online, I bet you there'd be a decent amount of hardcore fans out there who would really sink their teeth into it and know every rule and immediately be able to say, no, no, that's legal. If you do this, this is this language. I knew this language, you know, I didn't know the jumping over the jumping back to the pit wall rule for the Martinsville incident. And I was just like, wow, that's, that looks bad. That's a favoritism call right there, you know? Um, so anyway, if you had everybody in the public could see right away, like, no, 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 this, and it would spread around Twitter screenshots, you know? Um, anyway, I, I just think that'd be helpful. But if, if NASCAR doesn't want to do that, I think they should resolve to figure out a way to get someone on the air from the NASCAR tower uh, during races. So like on NBA games, I've been watching a lot of NBA, you know, they go to their, their rule center um, in New Jersey sometimes. And, you know, they'll explain, they'll have somebody say, okay, this was a, we, we thought this was a flagrant foul or flagrant one versus a flagrant two because of this, or we saw this on this call. Um, you know, they, they, they sort of immediately pop on there and explain at times. And, you know, the, then the announcers weigh in and say, oh, okay, that makes sense. I didn't realize that. Or, or you know, you know, people don't have to agree with it just because they said that, but, um, you know, it's a way for fans to say to, you know, we, we all see Twitter when, when stuff happens, when some controversial call, some caution, we don't know, you know, TV doesn't show the debris, but if NASCAR could have someone from the tower where they, they have some sort of tower cam, they pop on right away with the headset and say, yeah, guys, so what we saw there is, um, we'd gotten a report of, uh, you know, an object in the track. And, uh, you know, we looked, we confirmed it was there and it was hit by another car and moved out of the groove, uh, before we called the caution, um, or just as we called the caution, that's why you didn't see it on TV, but it was there. And it, and the number, you know, 38 car hit that debris, blah, blah, blah. And everybody go, Oh, okay. So it wasn't a phony caution. You know what I mean? Just, just an example. So one of those two things to be more transparent, either about the rules or to get somebody on camera, obviously both would be great, but, um, I'll save another resolution for, for 2022. I, I like both those ideas. The, the first one, I believe in transparency and I believe having that information available to everybody makes everyone smarter and it leads to less questions, less, um, speculation, less, um, questioning of the rules and how they're interpreted and how they're enforced. And I think you make a really good point about the Chase Elliott incident or the, you know, the, the crew member at Martinsville where even the, the, the television broadcast crew didn't know the rule and they were confused by it. And to have that out there so everybody can see it would just, it would kind of just end a lot of debate, needless debate. 
Um, the rules, uh, having a, a you know an official come on and, and talk to the television, I would love to see that. I think you should have that and have the rules be transparent because I just think it's it's good, it's clarity, it's it's discussion, it's explaining NASCAR's perspective, and I think it would actually help them out in a lot of ways and, and really kind of erase the oh you just threw a caution because of this, you know, your debris caution trying to help somebody, which is you know not the case necessarily, and I, I would like to see that so. I'm all for that. Um, the only downside to this is I feel bad for our friend Bob Pockris because I don't know what Bob is going to do if he doesn't can't answer those questions anymore. He would still be able to answer the questions. And in fact, since he knows the rule book so well, he could probably screenshot it faster than anybody or explain faster <laughs> than they get somebody on TV. But I still think that, you know, as many Twitter followers as he has, uh, it would be better just to hear it from um, from NASCAR's mouth uh, as in terms of why they made a certain decision or whatever. Um, again, I, I think it's, I am not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to NASCAR, you know, making calls that I, I think sometimes they'll, they'll make calls that, um, benefit the flow of the race or the show element of it, but to benefit a certain driver, uh, I do not think that NASCAR does that, but I think there's obviously a lot of fans who think, oh, they, they play favorites. If this had been this driver, they would have done this. So just if that's the case, be able to come on and explain it yourself. And because when I hear stuff from NASCAR, you know, we, we are able to text the PR people during the race if they're in the tower and they do a great job of getting back to us and say, well, this is what we saw. And then we're trying to relay that. But again, if you have somebody immediately come on TV and tell all the fans and everybody, Hey, this is, this is what was the reasoning behind this decision. Again, it takes, it takes a lot of the teeth out of people being angry about it. Um, because again, in my own personal experience, when I get that stuff explained to me, I go, oh, okay, okay, that, that does make sense. I thought it was this, this looked bad, but this actually wasn't the case. And then, of course, then when we try to explain it on Twitter and say, NASCAR says this, and all the replies are like, oh, BS, oh, you really believe that, Jeff? You, you're so naive. <laughs> but again, I hearing it from somebody, any anything in life, hearing the explanation from somebody, you go, Okay, well, that, that that is something. I mean, even if you don't agree. so It's a trend across sports. I mean, not just the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. All sports are starting to bring in you know, former referees, former officials to, to explain the call, what they're seeing, what they're interpreting. And then there's often a somebody from the league that will come on and explain their perspective. I, just, I think it just makes everything better and improved because it gives your fan base more knowledge to understand what's going on. What's your uh, last resolution for 2021 for NASCAR? My NASCAR resolution, my last one for 2021, is for them to continue to push to find new and exciting venues, even if the 2021 schedule proves to be as successful as we anticipate. There's a lot of hype, a lot of buildup for what's to come in 2021. We're going to COTA, Road America, Indy Road Course, Nashville. Um, I believe I'm blanking on something too. Indy Road Course. Um, and then in a couple of years, we've got, you know, Fontana is going to be a short track, but, and there's a lot of ex- excitement about this, but let's not see the schedule continue to be kind of gross stagnant. I think the, the last few years, NASCAR's done a good job of kind of shifting things around and being open to trying new things. As we talked about earlier, I want to see that, whether that's a street course race somewhere, whether that's a, a short track somewhere in this country that, you know, maybe with some, you know, capital improvements, it could host a cup series race. Try different things. Try different cities, locations, tracks, sizes, whatever. Um, just don't be happy with what the 2021 schedule represents because it's a great thing, but there's always room for improvement. 
I, I agree with that. I specifically would, I mean, look, I think that NASCAR saw that people like road courses and short tracks. And so they're like, you want more road courses? You got them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, but yeah, and I think short tracks a, though, there's, that's a big hole there still, you know, it is a hole and it's, it's a lot easier to, it, it's not easy to fix that hole. I mean, NASCAR is doing a, a great job. They're spending a lot of money to, 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 you know, turn Fontana from a two mile oval and into a half mile oval. But after that, I mean, the pickings are pretty slim. I mean, everybody talks about the Nashville fairgrounds, but that place needs a lot of work, a lot of work. And there isn't really another venue. There isn't a, a short track venue in this country that is really even close to hosting a, a cup series race. That's just the sad reality of it. And another note too about road courses, and maybe this is a, kind of a separate thing is I'm really happy with the number of road courses that NASCAR has in the schedule. I think it's great. I like road course racing. Um, I do concern myself though, that what is the tipping point of too many? Well, we'll find out if we might be there already. Um, I, I think though with, with the short track part of it, I mean, I hear the facility argument and definitely buy that, but you know, I covered one of the, uh, dirt derbies at Eldora and I mean, that place is out in the middle of nowhere, but yet the media center, for instance, the uh, care center they built there. Um, you know, they, they were able to have a TV compound, obviously to air the race, uh, for the first few years. I mean, it it was, it was trailers, but the trailers were even nice. So I just don't, you know, you're talking about race fans who a lot of them are used to going to their local short tracks and stuff. Now I know NASCAR has a, a very high standards for its premier events and wants the, the tracks to be very nice and major league and all that stuff. But you know, if you do a, a, 10,000 seat, you know, venue or, you know, go to a 5,000 seat short track, bring in 5,000 temporary seats, bring in some trailers, um, some temporary stuff, you know, like the the PGA with all the stuff they bring to their tournaments. I mean, the infrastructure they move, I I think it's, I I don't want that to be a roadblock. I think that's, it's doable under the right circumstances to go to some of these existing short tracks without having to you know, renovate one of your big tracks that you have already. I, I understand why you'd want to do that for business reasons, but anyway, I just think, you know, I, the whole thing has been more short tracks. They gave us more road, road courses. That's great. I'm excited about that. See how it goes. But the short tracks is still a big hole that I'd like to see addressed. Yeah, I would agree. And it's a lot easier said than done. All right. Well, um, now that we've come up with eight new year's resolutions for NASCAR, Jordan, maybe it's time for you to think of one of your own. So I'll leave you to that. Um, <laughs> if, if you are a listener, uh, and would like to resolve to subscribe to the athletic this year, um, and, and are not a subscriber, um, you know, we don't have any of those crazy holiday deals or anything like that right now at the moment, but there's still a pretty good deal. I believe it's three 99 a month. Um, so if you go to the athletic.com slash the teardown, uh, you will be, you will see that deal on the page as soon as you land there and be prompted to uh, subscribe. Obviously, we are just starting to ramp up here. We have a lot of stuff coming this year and uh, plans for some cool stories to do. Um, hopefully, COVID will allow for all that and allow for a more normal year this year. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff to come. It's just getting started, as Jordan said, sort of the season premiere, I guess, of the teardown. So. Yeah, Jordan. Any any uh, final thoughts about what's to come? 
I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of starting to ramp up a little bit. Daytona is not too far away, and I think we've got a lot of cool things coming down the uh, pipe. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Everybody, we hope you had a great holiday season. Thanks for coming back with us here on The Teardown. And we will talk to you next week on another off-season edition of this podcast.